July is here. It is now time for the Gold Cup. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. Along with me, as always, is Ivis Kolarsep. What's up, man? Doing pretty well, man. Just uh, recovering from another busy week in MLS, and uh, the Gold Cup is uh, will be here before we know it. Uh, Friday. Amazing. Just like that, we have games kicking up again. I love it right now, don't you? Uh, I don't know if I love it, but it's it should it should be interesting. I mean, June was uh, was a crazy month, obviously with World Cup qualifying, with the Under Twenty World Cup, and then obviously with all the MLS stuff. And now we're we're, we're heading into July, and, and we're going to see a lot of new faces and some old faces on the U.S. team. Yes, tons of uh, tons to talk about, especially with that U twenty. Um, roster right there. Other stuff to talk about, as always, Ivis will do a Q&A at the, end, at the end of the show. Excuse me. We'll do a confeder- uh, we're going to talk about the Confederations Cup, MLS Week 18, MLS News. Of course, we got to talk about the U-20s and their performance. Uh, but as you uh, just previously said, let's talk about this U, uh, U.S. Gold Cup squad that was announced. Um, what was your initial reaction to this as far as, you know, certain guys maybe making the roster or certain guys not making the roster? Well, I don't know if there were a ton of real surprises. I think the what, what really stood out, obviously, uh, for a lot of people was Carlos Bocanegra not being on the team. Um, I think most of them penciled him in as a starter on that team and, and, and you know would have seen this tournament as his chance to uh, restate his case to be on the squad. And, uh, you know, Clint, Jurgen Klinsmann uh, came out after and pretty much said, uh, you know, he's in between moves. He's uh, he's about to, you know, go, go to a new club. So he... That's why he left them out. Um, but it was still a little, you know, there were still some questions there. You know, he, people look at it and say, okay, maybe this is it for him. I mean, when you think about what lies ahead uh, and, and opportun- the number of opportunities that Bocanegra might have beyond this to really get back in the mix, and, you know, it doesn't look good for him right now when you think about it. I mean, there, there's rumors about him coming back to MLS. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to be in MLS uh, this summer. He, he'll, he'll come back. Um, but... How many chances is he going to have? I mean, the U.S. plays, obviously, the Gold Cup. doesn't look like he's there. They play a friendly in August, and before you know it, the World Cup qualifiers are back in September. And it's kind of tough to see him being part of that mix in September when he didn't play in the Gold Cup and when he just hasn't, hasn't had a chance to, to play uh, in between those in that, that period. So right now it doesn't look like uh, – it looks like we may, may never see Bocanegra with the U.S. team again. Really? You think so? Well, just look at the it's writings on the wall, you know. I mean, as much as it's about, oh, you know, he moved clubs and this and that, but other guys are getting opportunities. Obviously, uh, Ogushionier was going to get his chance. Clarence Goodson, uh, who's now who also has made the move back to MLS, uh, uh, signing with San Jose, the San Jose Earthquakes. You figure you're going to see Onyewu and Goodson start for the U.S. for an entire tournament, and one or both of those guys, if they play well, could move up the depth chart and and make it that much tougher for Bocanegra to get in the mix. So. Uh, it's not looking great, uh, I'd say, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm surprised in some ways. And I thought he was, yeah, I think he still is a viable option. And you know, who knows? Maybe things change. Maybe he comes to MLS and really, really does well with whatever team he signs with. And and maybe there, that's a way he shows uh, Klinsman that he he belongs back in this mix. So you know, it, 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 I wouldn't say it, there's no chance, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it surprised me he wasn't on it, and, and I think it, it, it drops him down a bit when you're talking about the depth chart at center back. Um, when you look at the rest of the roster, as far as the, uh, the the rest of the players, I mean, it's pretty much what you expected, nothing that you were kind of like, oh, this guy made the team interesting, right? Right. I mean, uh, well, Chris Wondolowski is a player who, you know, he, he had been dealing with, with, with an injury, so I thought, you know, he might not be there, but uh, he obviously made the cut. Um but beyond that, I think I think there weren't any real surprises. I would say uh, the Marcus Beasley being there is a little bit of surprise just because he played so much in, in the June games. So uh, you know, he you wouldn't have pegged him to come right back in and play, especially with Edgar Castillo on the team. Now you have Castillo and Beasley, and I don't know if uh, Klinsman's going to play them together or if he's going to kind of combine the two and mm-hmm. alternate at left back, but. Uh, that was a little bit of a surprise, but other than that, though, I think everything was was pretty much uh, what we thought it'd be. Well, uh, two uh, two pieces of note uh, that have that have come out that are, are horrible news. I mean, I, I was really looking forward to seeing uh, Gat play, but um, he's he's suffering a knee injury. He's a doubt for the Gold Cup, and now Corey Ash looks like he's going to be out of the Gold Cup. Let's just say, for for argument's sake, let's say they're both out for the Gold Cup. Ivis, who would? Um, Jurgen bring in. I mean, is there a chance that maybe Bocanegra takes Corey Ash's spot? Is that a possibility? Well, I'll tell you right now, nothing has been said officially from U.S. Soccer on either of those guys. Uh, Josh Gatt 
suffered a knee injury on Saturday. It came out of the game early uh, for Molde. Uh, it doesn't look good. Well, at least as far as him coming in when he was supposed to come here, his travel. Yeah, I think he was supposed to travel on Saturday uh, and 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 come straight here, but he obviously didn't didn't come. Uh, Corey Ash was a different one. He he got hurt on Sunday at the Red Bulls game. I was actually at the game, and uh, you know I. I, I I you know saw the injury. Everyone saw the injury, but he uh, he he got crashed into by Tim Cahill and uh, you know suffered a knock. And he really you know he powered through it, but you could tell something was up. And then as soon as the game ended, you could kind of tell something was wrong and 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 that he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it was, I got to say, man, it was a pretty sad sight seeing him in the locker room after the match, just sitting there slumped and his face in his hands, you know, just covering his face for like a, a while, you know, like he knew, like he knew he had just, you know, maybe cost himself an opportunity. Well, he didn't, it wasn't his fault. He got, uh, Tim Cahill felt him or, you know, ran into him. So not, nothing he could do there. So he just seems uh, to have the worst luck. Right. I mean, the same thing happened in May. You know, yeah. He had a groin, a groin injury right before call up. Uh, so it's tough, you know, you feel for the guy, uh, that said, you know, uh, it should be pointed out that, you know, as I mentioned with Beasley and Castillo being there, um, you know, Corey Ash might not have been expected to play much anyway. Uh, but if it's if it's kind of a bruise, you know, if he has like a thigh bruise or something like that, that's not really major. Maybe Klinsman brings him in anyway. Maybe he has him come in and, and rehab and 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 get the injury healthy, mm-hmm. and then and has him play. Uh, you know, it. it I, I didn't get any impressions that it was like a serious, like a knee, a structural knee injury, like like ligaments or any cartilage or anything like that. It seemed more like it's like a really hard knock to the thigh. So if that's the case, then who knows? Maybe he'll get lucky. Maybe Corey Ash will get lucky and, and get come in anyway. Go to San Diego, join the team there. Uh, but if he can't go, if him and if he and Gat are both seriously hurt and he can't and they're not going to recover in time to be a factor in the Gold Cup, then you have to go, you know, call new people in and. Uh, forget, uh, you know, I, I, it's a tough one. I, I, I don't know who, I don't, not, it's hard to say who, who exactly, uh, Klinsman will turn to because the, um, the pool of alternates is, uh, made up of quite a few guys who just played in the June games and the June qualifiers. So you're not really going to go call Graham Zuzi, right? I mean, that's not, you know, realistic. And someone like Brad Davis is injured right now. So it, 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 it it's a tough one. And as far as, as far as Corey Ash goes, the book and negative thing is interesting, right? Because I mean, if if it's if, if the fact that he's changing clubs is why he wasn't on a team to begin with, can you really go call him now as an alternate? Like that's so that that that's a tricky one. That's really a, and that's why I would say I could see Klinsman deciding. Look, let me just bring him. Let let, let him rehab. Oh man, the way you say it sounds so. <laughs> what what? What's well, well, like? Let me let me bring him. <laughs> Well, no. Well, th- that's the thing. I mean, he wasn't probably gonna. He probably wasn't gonna play anyway. Much, right? I mean, you already have Edgar Castillo and Marcus Beasley as your left back options. So, I mean, you bring Corey Ash in because you know he played well. Uh, he's earned the chance to, to see, you know, get a look. He's one of the best, if not the best, American left back in MLS. I mean, not that there's a ton of them, but he he he's he's pretty much been one of the best. I mean, you got him. You got Donovan, Justin Morrow. Uh, but he's earned it, right? So if you're Klinsman and you know, hey, he he, he got hurt in the May, uh, before the May uh, camp, so he missed out on the qualifiers and all that stuff, right? So that's tough, right? Tough blow. So now here he is again, and he's hurt. So you know what? I think he's. I personally think he'll give him every opportunity to come in and be a part of the whole the whole setup. You know, you you can you can get away with that. I think. I, I don't think they have to. I don't think they have to replace him. And considering the alternatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's something major, unless he has some kind of knee thing, like, you know, ligament, you know, heaven forbid, knock on wood, it doesn't seem like that's the case. But if he does have something like that, then I guess you have to make a change. But if I'm, if I'm, if I just check, just knowing how Klinsman operates, I, it wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if you brought him in anyway. Um, and just so everyone understands this, cause I'm, I'm seeing this pop up all the time in message boards and just discussions on Twitter. Jurgen can only call players that didn't make this roster that were part of the provisional roster. So just everyone knows that. So so that's why Ivis isn't throwing out other names because there's certain guys who are now, there's 12 players that uh, you can choose from that were on the provisional roster. And I think um, once the U.S. is out of the group stage, they can they can reopen their, their roster to bring in more players. That That's correct, right? Right. He can't he can't just go and say and call anybody. He has to call somebody from the from the provisional roster. Yeah. From the original 35 man uh, preliminary roster. So that that definitely limits 
limit, limits his options. I mean, you know, you, you have 12 players uh, to, to choose from, but the problem is, again, a lot of those guys are guys that, that just played in the June qualifiers and were probably more likely to be options for the knockout round. When You, you know, the way the Gold Cup's set up, you can, you can make four changes to the roster, and I think he probably might have been eyeing those that time period to bring in guys who had been there uh, as opposed to, say, I mean, right now, defender-wise, you have Matt Beesler, Omar Gonzalez, Carlos Bocanegra. I mean, you also have Brad Evans, uh, to be fair. Brad Evans is another person who, who you could theoretically call in to replace a, a defender. But all those guys just played in, 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 the, in the May games, so, in the May-Ju games. So the, they've, been, you know, uh, they've been away from their teams for a ton already. And, and uh, you know, it, it, the, the whole point, I think, going into this Gold Cup, was to avoid having MLS players miss two months worth of action. Well, and we all know how much Bruce Arena wants Omar Gonzalez to be called up. Well, I just know, <laughs> well listen, Matt Beaster and Omar Gonzalez are not getting called up. I just, this is not happening. Uh, you know, maybe a Brad Evans make make, make a little more sense because you know he's uh, when you talk about Seattle. I mean, Seattle can can afford. Uh, you know, they they have enough depth where if they had to give up Evans, and you know what, it, it'd be less of a blow. Uh, as opposed to Beasley or Gonzalez, who you know are key, are so key to their defenses, um, but then then you have Bocanegra. Bocanegra is he's available. Uh, I, I, that's a tricky one. I, I it would surprise me if if Klinsman would bring in Bocanegra now after leaving him out under the pretense that you know he's he's leaving him out because of the, this club thing. He's going to change clubs. If he brought him in now, I think, it, it would be a little strange. I got to tell you. Um, the U.S. Uh, the uh, the Gold Cup. Their first game is against uh, Guatemala this Friday. It's going to be a friendly, uh, but their first uh, official group game is going to be against Belize on uh, June 9th. But Ivis, uh, uh, since we're going to have another show later this week, we can talk more about the uh, about the starting eleven uh, for this team and, and who you think is going to be starting and, and formation well, well, and all that. Well, hopefully we have it on the show. I mean, it's not a given these days. Oh, what's that supposed to mean? What's that? We've uh, you know our schedules. Been... I'd like to apologize, apologize to everyone because you know obviously. Our schedule has been a little off lately. We, we've been missing a few shows. Uh, I'm not going to point any fingers as to why that's happening, <coughs> Garrett. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting back in the swing. I missed one show last week. Uh, two shows. Two shows. Two shows? What are you talking about? We had well, a the show? The one the week before that, we also missed a show. Okay. Well, I've been traveling a lot, and so have hey, you. Hey, I hear you, brother. Hey, you know what? I'm not, uh, I'm not blaming you completely. Hey, in my contract that I signed with you, it says that I'm allowed <laughs> to miss shows. So. Hey, all, hey, all I'm saying is... Uh, we, we we promised three shows and then we completely failed on our first attempt. At we're, it. So we're gonna no, we'll, we'll do three shows. I promise, we will, we will. All right, Ivis, call me out, trying to make me look everyone bad. Everyone hold, every, everyone feel free to bash Garrett. Yeah, please. Uh, the next time we, <laughs> yeah. Miss, we miss a show. Cause yeah, because I, be I need fun. more people to dog on me. Um, Ivis, <laughs> the U twenties. Let's dog on someone right now. The U twenties have uh, been eliminated from the uh, for the World Cup. Um, you know, after they after they uh, you know picked up a point against France, expectations I guess were I think maybe they were too high going into the game against Ghana that they lost four to one. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if everyone was expecting them to beat Ghana. I think people were hopeful that they could beat mm-hmm. Ghana, that they could build off of that win. Uh, but they were completely overmatched. I mean, that that. <laughs> U.S. fans have to start having nightmares at this point of seeing Ghana in any World Cup. I mean, this is, you know, this is three times now, uh, twice with the senior team and now here where the U.S. has just, you know, suffered at the hands of Ghana. And you know what? I know know there's going to be a lot of talk about decisions made, Tab Ramos, players he's called in, players he didn't call in, uh, lineup decisions. And you know what? Tab Ramos did, you know, he he made a lot of mistakes. Uh, There's no other way to say it. But that, for me, that is not why this U.S. team is out of this tournament. This team is out of this tournament just because the team wasn't good enough. Um, uh, and they were in a tough group, arguably the toughest group in this, in this tournament. So, you know, e- even if, if Tab Rams had done everything right, it doesn't guarantee this team uh, is advancing now. You know, when you talk about playing France, uh, Spain, Spain, who's, you know, probably going to go on to win this whole thing. Spain, France, and then Ghana, which Ghana showed the qualities that they have. I mean, it's a tough one. Um, but you can totally understand why U.S. fans are, are going to look at it and say, man, you know, what if we had Walker Zimmerman on this team? What if Danny Cuevas had started? What if... Uh, Walker you know, Zimmerman, who's scoring goals, too. I know. Walker Zimmerman's killing it right now. 
Um, so, you know, there, there, there's a lot there. You know, Tab Ramos can definitely come out of this tournament facing his a good share of criticism, and rightly so. But I do feel, and, and hey, I've been, I've, been, I've been criticizing him as much as anybody, especially about the Walker Zimmerman situation. Um, but I think it's, you know, in fairness, you have to kind of take a step back, look at it, and ask yourself, even if everything had, even if he, if Tab Ramos had done everything right, even if he had, you know, made all the right decisions lineup wise, roster wise, I don't know if they go any further. I got to tell you, I don't know. I mean, obviously the Spain game could go differently. You don't get blown out. Um, maybe the France game could be better. I don't know if it could have been better. And that Ghana, I mean, Ghana was good, man. Ghana, their speed, their quality, their technical quality. I mean, they're they're. You know what? How about that young tough. kid playing for them? The um, I'm going to butcher his last name. Yeah, um, the young uh, kid in the U20 tournament. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. The U six, uh, the 16 year old. I mean, yeah, but he's young. He's very young. The, uh, Moses uh, Ojeger, uh for Ghana. That kid was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, they they had they, they had a handful of guys that you know you you want to write those names down because I'm pretty sure in 2018 at the World Cup, uh, th- those guys are going to give in the U.S. trouble because uh, it seems like it's always Ghana. It's always Ghana. But uh, I'd say one thing I would say. Talking about this whole U twenty, US U twenties with Walker Zimmerman and the like, I've been I've been beating that, beating that that horse <laughs> for a while about Todd Ramos not calling him up. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Walker Zimmerman uh, this weekend uh, after the Philly uh, Philadelphia Union FC Dallas game, and uh, I, I asked him about it. I, I asked Walker about not getting called up, and uh, he he pretty, he kind of tried to let he, he kind of let Tab off the hook because he, he pointed to an injury. That he had, uh, he had a, a bit of a hamstring injury in May. That the timing of it could have been a, a reason why Ty Ramos didn't call him in. So, so, so he he was kind of letting him off the hook a bit. And if that's the case, then you kind of understand it. Uh, to be fair, Ty didn't really Ty Ramos didn't really dis- address the injury aspect of things. I mean, I think he pointed more to his lack of playing time to, and, and and those sort of things uh, as to why he didn't call him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but come on, I mean, the guy, I, you know, it's tough to buy it when, when, when you ha- when instead of him, you're bringing in a guy, uh, a kid like Javon Torre, who played only five games for UCLA and isn't playing any games uh, these days other than U20 games. So it's not like he has experience that Walker's room and doesn't. So that said, you know what, we, we, we can't dwell on this too much because at the end of the day, that, that team, like I said, it, there's no given that that team, um, goes much further that being said it would have been obviously you would like to have seen walker zimmerman in that setting you would like to have seen danny cueva start uh at play a bigger role i mean the way he looked at in in concacaf under 20 qualifying i mean he was you know he was one of the most exciting players uh but then he didn't really get a chance to play a, a much in this in this in this world cup so that that one Leaves you scratching your head a bit um and then when we talk about the team itself right i mean mm-hmm. obviously you guys did not come through I mean, some guys just didn't deliver. I mean, Jose Villarreal yeah. was supposed to be a star. He was supposed to take this tournament by storm, and he didn't, flat out. And you know what? He's young. Kids are kids. He's a teenager. Some, sometimes it just doesn't happen for you, and it did not happen for him. He really never really uh, set his, you know, made his mark on this tournament, and it's disappointing, uh, you know? I mean, just because, you know, we've all seen the qualities. We've seen the, the special plays he's been able to make for the U-20s and for the Galaxy. And they just that it just didn't happen in this tournament. So I mean, there's some positives. Cody Cropper, I thought uh, had some flashes. I thought Benji Hoya looked good when he played. DeAndre Yedlin showed some signs. Uh, for me, the the biggest bright spot was Shane O'Neill, uh, the Colorado center back. I mean, there's a kid who, you know, coming into the tournament, there was a lot made of the fact that. He's not a traditional pure center back. He hasn't played center back his whole career. He, he he only in the past, I guess, in the past year or so, had really started to play the position. But I tell you, man, he looks legit. I mean, he is. A, I mean, you can see the qualities, you can see the maturity, uh, and, and you have to chalk that up to MLS and, and the playing time that he's been able to get with the Rapids uh, this year. So he's one to watch. Absolutely, he's someone whose stock uh, rose. One of the few whose stock went up after mm-hmm. this twenty. 20- yeah, I, I thought he was fabulous. I, you know, it's and, you, and this is opportunities for these young guys too to be noticed by international scouts and international clubs. You know. Well, you know that. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's the case. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone's gonna necessarily, you know, be making big offers at this point for any of these guys. I mean, you know, someone like Luis Gill, first couple of games, he looked, he looked good. You know, you have to give him credit. 
he's another one. He's someone who could just with the qualities that he has. I could see definitely a team, you know, making a move on, uh, making a move on him. Yeah, I, I, he looks. Yeah, you're right. He looks uh, in the Spain game um, unbelievable. Um, I have tons of uh, MLS news this uh, this past week, and uh, your everyone's favorite club, Chivas USA, is making news again. But in a possible very good good way, of making news that that Carlos Bocanegra has been released from Rangers FC. He's been opted out of his contract, and now there's rumors that he might join Chivas USA. Do you think this would actually happen, Ivis? It's possible. I'd say that. One thing I do want to – there's something I do want to clarify um, for people who get caught up in wording of things, and and, 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 and it's the term uh, release, release, release plan. In American sports, you know, if, if, someone, if, a, if someone gets cut, you know, you get released, right? In Europe, when a player's contract expires, you know, they just part ways. But in Europe, especially in the U.K., they like to use the term release, players released. And it's just it, it just gives it a different connotation when the reality is, you know, Bokanegger didn't want to stay there. He, he didn't he wasn't signing a new deal regardless. So it, it's not necessarily when you hear the term release that, you know, the club in question didn't want the player. Uh, so that's where it's a little tricky. You know, people should be careful when they hear that word and not assume that, oh, wow, this club didn't even want this guy. Like, you know, that's not really the case. That's why. I think that's that's one of those situations where the phrase in Europe in the UK is not really doesn't really jive with what it traditionally means in America. Um, but back to Bocanegra, Chivas USA is absolutely an option. I mean, we're talking about you know he's from California. He'd obviously love to come back and play uh, in California, in in Southern California, and uh, you know the Galaxy obviously is not an option. Uh, so there you go, you have Chivas, and uh, you know he he has a great resume. He's a local product. You can see you can see uh, the powers of be Chivas seeing him as a player who you know he fits the bill in some ways. I mean, he's not a traditional kind of Mexican player like the, you you hear that they want. You know, he's not. I mean, I don't know how his Spanish is at this point. It's probably better now that he actually spent a year uh, in Spain. Uh, but I mean, he would obviously help them. I mean, and they they could use all the help they can get. I mean, they just yeah. cut four players. They just lost four players this weekend. They they cut three, and, and another one went back to Chivas Guadalajara. So they they need help, and uh, and it sounds like there are rumblings that the help that there is help on the way. I'll believe it when I see it, but it, it sounds like this week's going to be a busy one uh, in Goatland. As long as they have uh, eleven players on the field for the next game, it's all that matters. I don't know, man. I don't know if they have that many. I think Juan Agudelo got hurt. Um, you know, so that that could be, that could be a big blow for them. So you know, I made the joke on Twitter that at this point they're gonna they they might have to have a contest that first five fans at Stub Up Center get to be in the starting. <laughs> That's they, they, might, they might they might need to do that to fill out their squad. <laughs> Ivis, why don't we play for the team? Uh, well, you're you're closer. You could drive there. I mean, sure uh, we don't need don't to know. get. You, you, well, see, you don't. You're not. You're not. You're not Mexican American, so I don't think you would fit their uh, criteria. I know enough. Uh, uh, Spanish bad words. I, that's enough to you know to, just to play. You can, get, you can get away with that. Uh, they already have Dan Kennedy. <laughs> they don't need another gringo. <laughs> um, I was uh, staying on the West Coast. The San Jose Earthquakes have signed uh, Clarence Goodson. Uh, great move for the Earthquakes, I think, on this one as far as depth and and just getting up, picking up a guy that's obviously played for the U.S. team. And um, I don't know if it's enough to maybe turn the earthquake season around, but still, nonetheless, a good uh, pickup uh, halfway through the season. Well, it's a positive, obviously. It's a big, big step for them. I mean, you think about now, their center back tandem of Victor Bernardes and Clarence Goodson's, you know, that's one of the better, it's going to be one of the better ones in the league. Uh, that being said, I mean, are they going to really turn it around? I mean, they had the great win against LA this weekend, right? Dramatic comeback. Oh my god, that game trademark was trademark earthquakes victory, right? It was like a hockey game. Seriously, everyone watched. If you did not watch the end of it, watch it. It's like, it, I, it felt like a hockey game. I was. It was so exciting. So only hockey games are exciting? No, 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 no. But like, but like the the announcer was just like it was. You know, it just it broke all tradition of you know soccer. It just if with the fans playing 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 at Stanford, it was just so cool. Right. Well, look, I I don't know if they're going to turn around all the way. It's going to be tough. Um, they, I mean, they have talent, right? It's not like they're Toronto FC or DC United and just kind of a wayward team that just doesn't have the the, the, the weapons to to get it done. But you know, the the West is so tough. I, I don't know if Clarence. I don't know if the addition of Goodson alone is going to really turn things around for them. 
and I was speaking of the uh, let's let's talk about that San Jose game. Um, you talk about just an unbelievable comeback for them to to really come back. I mean, Omar Gonzalez makes another mistake. It's so funny with him. I mean, he'll go now. It's like. Every time he makes a mistake, it's it's like it's like he'll have a good game with the U.S. and it's like two steps backward with the mistake, and uh, I mean it was typical, like you said, San Jose come from behind victory. Alan Gordon with the goal, obviously maybe he was pissed he didn't get called up to the Gold Cup roster, but um, for the Galaxy, I, I mean, what, what what do they take from this, and what could Omar Gonzalez do to stop these mistakes? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. I don't. It's 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 crazy. It keeps happening, you know. He keeps. It's like he just he just tunes out. It's like he, he just he, it's like he stops playing. He picks the wrong time. He zones out, and it seems like he gets punished to the ultimate degree every time it happens. I know. And, and I and I, I talked to him earlier in the month of June, and uh, about this very uh, topic, you know, that he's having these plays not go his way. He actually said he thinks it's because maybe he's thinking too much. Maybe he's overthinking things. He's not just playing, and it's costing him. Um, and he, so, he, you know, he, he kind of, you know, copped to it. You know, he, he clearly acknowledged that, you know, these things are starting to happen way way more than they ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, for it to happen again at the end of a game, I mean, I got to say, man, I think it's been a half dozen times now. At I know, I know at least, I know at least four off the top of my head that I can I, I can picture well, that's and, combining national team and the LA I mean if you combine LA and the national team I mean man it, it's the it's getting up there the numbers getting up there and uh, you just wonder what the deal is you know he needs to focus because at this rate I don't know how much longer you know you can have him be a starter for the national team you know you, you have get Jeff Cameron's there Jeff Cameron could I think he could take this take the job from Gonzalez I think we could see Beastler Cameron be the tandem um he's you know omar gonzalez is going to have this summer the rest of the summer to get his act together uh before the september qualifiers and he needs to he needs to get this stuff out of his system uh with there's no there's no question about it is it like just a like you said i mean what do you think it is do you think he's just thinking or is it or is it he's not not as good as he's not as good as i mean what i'm saying is is he not as good as we think he is what's well this is the thing right 99 percent of the time He's getting the job done, right? He's great in the air. He's an imposing figure. He, 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 you know, he he's really, really good for most of the time. And then he, and then it just he just has these individual moments that cost him and the team, and it just keeps happening. So it, you know, I think he's good. I just think he's having these. He's get he's falling into these into this routine now of of of, of these mental lapses. So. I think it's something that can be remedied. I think it's something that, when you talk about from a focus standpoint, he has the qualities to play well. Mm-hmm. It's just he needs to break it. He needs to snap out of this routine of, of, of these brain farts. There's no other way to say it. So once he does that, he'll be back to his, his, his old self. But I mean, at a certain point, you know, he at a certain point, it's going to cost. Yeah, it's it, going to cost him his starting job on the national team. Well, and hopefully, it's not going to be in a game that's going to be. You know, it's it's not going to be uh, eliminating the U.S. from something like that. You know, you hope it's not going to be that. Well, that honestly, that's kind of one of the things that I think when you talk about this year, what this year is supposed to be. Klinsman wanted to wants to you know build his World Cup team, and so he what he was he he committed early on. He committed to having guys go through growing pains, make mistakes. This is how you learn, right? He said it over and over. You know, there's no other place to to get that hands-on training than than these qualifying games, and so so he's committed to it. He's dealt with it, but at a certain point, it's got to be you, you have to have the aha moment and start figuring this stuff out. And he still nah, he still hasn't done it, right? He's still making the mistakes on the club side. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how these next two months go. If he straightens it out, he he settles down. Then I think you know things will be fine. He'll be back in the lineup come September. But if he continues to struggle these next few months, uh, and if Jeff Cameron's playing at Stoke City, uh, Jurgen's going to have have a real tough quite a decision to make. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> hopefully Omar Gonzalez can figure it out because he's a great player. But uh, those simple mistakes. Philadelphia Union. I, well, let's just say FC Dallas had a. Uh, spectacular comeback in the Philadelphia Union game that had tons of controversy. I, I tweeted out before the game that the ref was from Arizona. I'm like, you know this is going to be a good called game. 
I shouldn't have said that. Jake's. Nice I shouldn't job. have said that. Nice it. Job. You had. You had a, a, a Belaz Perez goal that was called back. Then, then he scored a goal that that the union were complaining about. And then Watson got a red card for diving. In my opinion, not a red card, um, but still an exciting game. Both teams picked up a point, and uh, just just pretty amazing. Ivis, this game. Well, I was I was there. I was at PPL Park and. It, it was a weird game in some ways. I mean, I, you know, it was a good game uh, from the play standpoint. You know, Dallas came out really strong, uh, and they were missing quite a few guys. They were missing George John, Zach Lloyd, uh, David Ferreira was hurt, uh, hurt, so he couldn't start, but he did come in, in the second half and played. So, you know, Dallas comes in with those injuries, and, uh, you know, you, you, you figure Union, if the Union, Union have a good chance to win this game. And uh, the red card happens. Uh, and in fairness, I mean, I think the union, it's tough to say. It's a t- it's for me, it, it's a it's a dive, right? It was a dive. I'm not a fan of of diving second yellows. That's just my thing. I mean, I know people who are sticklers, letter of the law, a yellow's a yellow, whatever, right? But for me, per- like for the purposes of, this, of, of a, sending a guy off, I just think, you know, whether it's, I just don't think you should do it. But you know, referees, some referees are different than others. Um, but anyway, the red card happens, and uh, you know the union have that game. You know they they need to put that game away. They're up a man at home. They get the the go ahead goal from Aaron Aaron Wheeler, and uh, you figure they have this game locked up. But no, you know they I think they showed their night their, their youth. You know they're a young team. They make young mistakes. They make naive mistakes, and it came back to bite them. And all credit to Dallas. They never gave up. They didn't sink. You know their heads didn't didn't hang as they're down a man and a goal. They kept pushing it. Blas Perez puts that one in uh, that that one that was ruled out and called off. And I've seen the picture. I've seen the <laughs> screen grab. But listen, folks, that shot is not on the line. So you can't. I mean, you can look at you can see kind of a line of grass and say, oh well, look, that's uh, that's proof it's over the line. But you like you can't really tell if, if the ball is elevated because if the ball is elevated, then. From the from angles, you can't tell for sure if it's over the line, and I think that's not even the point. The point is, if there's goal line technology, there is no doubt, right? And that's what people want. People, you know, it's it's only fair. People look at it and say, you know what? If we have goal line technology, we know a hundred percent. You would think close to hundred percent what what the right call is. And uh, but at the end of the day, it's really moot because Dallas came right back and they scored the equalizer. Uh, so it all it all evens out, right? I mean, I know some people might say, "Oh well, if that one wasn't called back, then Dallas wins." But look, you know what? <laughs> then the other goal doesn't happen, right? I think realistically, if Dallas scores that that, if that first Perez goal, it's going to end up a tie game. But it got it got ruled out. They kept pushing, and then they get the and they get the equalizer. The sweet, and, uh, the sweet justice. Yeah, I mean that's 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 you know you can argue that for sure. So credit to Dallas, uh, big big road point for them. Uh, considering they're missing half their defense, and if you're Philly, I mean it. Ha- it almost feels like loss, honestly. I mean the mood, the mood around around PPL after the game, talking to, talking to the players and 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 some of the kind of you know higher ups in Philly, man, uh, with the union, it, it definitely felt like a loss. Really interesting. Well, they're at, you're at home. You're up a man, up a goal. You got to put that away. No doubt about it. You got to put it away. And they cost themselves two points. I mean, there's no other way to look at that. You can't – there is no, There is no. oh, well, we got to draw against a really good team. No, you had that game. You had the three points in your hand, and you blew it. The, um, the, uh, in another game you're at this weekend, Ivis, uh, Houston visiting the New York Red Bulls. Um, I, I don't know if Houston really wanted to play in this game or show up. Maybe it's because they're missing so many players, Brad Davis, Bonilla Garcia, um, going into the game. And, and I don't know. It was a weird game. You were at that game. What, what happened with Houston in that game? Because they didn't look like they wanted to play. And the Red Bulls, I mean, they had they had an outstanding game, just, just pushing players forward and, and, and getting the victory. Uh, that, all right. That's not really fair to Houston to say they didn't want to be there. That's just ridiculous. The point is they're missing they're two of Two of their best attacking players, if not their two best attacking players, in Brad Davis and Oscar Bonilla Garcia. I mean, those guys drive their attack. When you don't have those, when you don't have the two engines of your attack, you're just not going to generate chances. So it's clear as day. Houston went in the Red Bull Arena looking for a point. They were playing a Red Bulls team that was pretty close to full strength. Uh, you know, they had all, all hands on deck. Tim Cahill, Hobbison, Olave, Hobbison, Olave were back in the lineup. 
So, you know, it was a tough it was a tough challenge for them. They went in there to play for the point, play very defensive, and it was an ugly game for them. And and I tell you what, they look like they they just might get that point. You know, the Red Bulls struggled to to, to get on the board until the second half. And up until that point, it looked like Houston might actually get the point that they were looking for. Well, uh, well, I was going to say, what, what do you make of Houston as of late? They're really struggling, and now they're going to have more players out. They, I mean, they've only picked up three points in their last seven games. Are they at a point of their season where it's either make it or break it? No, man. Listen, do you watch MLS? MLS is about streaks, and it's about slumps. It's about getting hot, and it's about getting cold. It happens to everybody. Doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, right now, yes, Portland. Portland's on some record-breaking run right now uh, of not losing games. But Houston has done it before. They've had these. They've had these slumps before. Maybe not to this degree from a scoring goal standpoint. Mm-hmm. But again, injuries are playing their part. Oscar Bonia Garcia has not been right all season because of the injuries, uh, and he's he's the real big one for them because he is such an energizer. He 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 just sets such a tone there. That without him, it, it, it really hurts them. And obviously, Brad Davis is Brad Davis, right? He creates a, a ton of their scoring chances. When you don't have either of those guys, you are not going to beat a good team, or you're not going to, you know, you, it's just not happening. Um, but yeah, seven games without the win, they're, they're really, they're really struggling right now. That said, I think they're going to be fine. I think you know, once they get these guys back, once they get Davis and Bonnie Garcia back healthy. I think the, the way that team is built, that team's going to be fine. They've got they've got forwards. Will Bruin is quality. Will Bruin's just not getting any service right now, so you can't really pin him. You can't put the blame on him because he just got he doesn't have anybody getting him the ball. Uh, I think their defense is obviously going to be good. Tally Hall's quality. They will be all right. Right now, though, it's ugly. It's ugly to watch. And if you're a Dynamo fan, you're kind of like just cringing, having to watch uh, the way things have been these last few these last few uh, weeks for them. But you know what? Calm down, Dynamo fans. And I'm, you know what? You know, I'm sure I don't even have to say the Dynamo fans because they've been through it. They were, they, they went through it last year. The team was awful before they opened the stadium. You know, they struggled badly. But guess what? They got the open stadium. They went on an insane run, and, and they got all the way to the final. So they've been through it. Houston will be fine. And for the Red Bulls, Ivis, uh, it was a good rebound victory for them. It was their first victory in their uh, in their past uh, three matches. Uh, the former RSL guys. Espindola and Steele with the goals right there, and uh, props for them for uh, for coming back and uh, picking up the victory over Houston. Right, they they played really well. You have to give them credit, especially after last week's embarrassing loss down in Philly. Um, and, and just having Cahill and Alave back obviously meant a ton uh, to, to to their their chances. Uh, it's struggle. I tell you what, though, the first half they they struggled to they struggled to to put put one in the net. And uh, it was a, it's a, one of the things that stood out to me was the atmosphere at Red Bull Arena. You know, the, a lot's made of, of the crowds there and, and the fact they don't sell out and a lot of empty seats that, you know, people people love to rip on the Red Bulls and, and, their, and their late arriving crowd. But let me tell you, folks, uh, the crowds, they're pretty good. They're, they're better than they get credit for. And this weekend's crowd was was impressive. Uh, you know, maybe it's the fact that they were the team was not at home for for a while. And maybe there was a build up there. Whatever it was, the crowd on Sunday was great, and I think it definitely helped push them, especially in the second half as they started to to kind of put it together, spring the passes together, and really break down uh, break down that Houston defense. Um, and uh, it, it was funny after the game, uh, the Dynamo locker room was closed for quite a while as Dom Kinnear tore into his team because he, he definitely wasn't happy with the way they closed things out. Uh, the way they ended that game, but you got to give the rebels credit. They really poured it on late. And uh, I mean, they're, you know what? They're a good team when they're, when they have all hands on deck, uh, they are one, you know, they're one of the better teams uh, in my opinion. So I think they showed that quality. Uh, it's just a matter of consistency and being able to stay healthy because they've obviously had injuries here and there. Um, and they need a spindle to, to, to really provide that, that, that presence up top. That's been one of the big issues with the rebels finding someone consistent next to Henri and uh Espindolo has kind of struggled with that uh we'll see if uh, we'll see if that goal really gets him going um in, in one of the most thrilling games of the weekend the Color Rapids uh fought back the whole entire game coming back three different times against the Montreal Impact in Montreal um you talk about one the guy that you love more than anything Dylan Powers and he also had a strong performance from Thompson Sturgis right there in the midfield for the Rapids. And for a young team like that, they're, they're kind of they're kind of like the union where 
they're a young team learning on the job, and, and for them to go into Montreal and, and end that uh, unbeaten streak at home for Montreal, impressive victory for the Colorado Raptors. They come back three times in that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was interesting. They hit the, the Rapids had hit a skid, right? They, they, it, they, were, they were on a losing run, and you started to wonder if, if, if uh, you know, the clock struck 12 on Cinderella, and this season for the Rapids was going to, you know, turn back and it turned into a pumpkin, right? Yeah, it, like, the whole, the whole Cinderella story was going to come to an end. But I tell you what, man, for them to go up to Montreal and put a four spot on, uh, on Montreal, on that Montreal defense, which is you know usually one of the stronger defenses in the league. I mean that for me, I, I was stunned. I got to tell you, I was absolutely stunned. Uh, you know because they they they're not known as this high octane attack, but they they took it to them. They kept battling back, and um, and they you, you can't write them off yet, right? I mean they they had hit they had hit a run of four without a win and three straight losses. But that win, I, I got to tell you, that is the type of win that can really turn around a season. Uh, for a team like Colorado, and uh, for the Montreal Impact, uh, for for a team like that to to give up uh, this 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 game, obviously it's it's not anything to to sound the alarms and go home and say, oh my God, the world's falling apart. But the Montreal pick, unfortunately, they they dropped the game. But hey, I mean, they still have a the lead in the Eastern Conference and have played three less games than the Red Bulls. Um, I mean, is this one of those games? Obviously, that they they take and they take the loss and you move on. I don't think they worry about it too much, but I would say it's interesting to note that this is the second time, second straight time, that Montreal has had a bye week, and they've come back off the bye week and faced a team that they're supposed to beat, and then they've laid an egg. The first you're referring uh, to the Columbus Crew, right? They they put the Columbus Crew, uh, you know, with all the injuries the crew had, you figured Montreal would roll them, right? They'd roll over them, and no, they, they completely laid a completely laid an egg. So you got to ask yourself, what's going? You know, so are these bye weeks just really? I mean, I know Montreal is a pretty good city. I know it's a good party city. There's a lot to do there. So I don't know if, if Montreal guys are maybe enjoying the off weeks a little too much. I don't know what the deal is. Well, are you reporting something here, Ivis? I know. Bum, 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 bum. I know. I know. Uh, hey, let, oh, it's not really news that Montreal is a happening place, and I do know the Montreal guys, you know, aren't afraid to party, but that goes for everybody in MLS. But, you know, I I don't know. I I don't have their schedule in front of me, but uh, I think if they can stay away from bye weeks, I think I think Montreal will be just fine. They'll be they'll be all right. They'll they'll shake this one off. They're a good team. They're going to be right there. Uh, I, I don't think anyone needs to worry about them. They're going to be fine. Well, uh, you know, in their way now is Toronto on Wednesday. So uh, they might they, they might be a little upset going into that game. Right, true. Uh, although, <laughs> hey, Toronto, man, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if uh, Toronto's a necessary lay down for that. That I think that's going to be uh, a better game than people would, would expect. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't mean that that you know, you, I meant that Montreal is going to go into the game with more of a, you know, we gave that lead rivalry game. We, we cannot drop this one either. That type of mentality. Um, yeah, no, I think they'll go in and play well. Yeah, uh, I was sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, let's talk about the DC United game. Vancouver uh, got the victory one to zero on a controversial call, but after the game, uh, Ben Olson didn't yell at the media, but you know he definitely was very frustrated with the call, very frustrated with how the season's going. Um, for a guy like him, who, who's the team hasn't really gone, how much? I mean, w- with this explosion, is he going to be there much longer at DC United? I don't know if this if that's going to be the final straw. I mean, look, he was clearly frustrated. He felt his team really gave its all and, and deserved the result. So you kind of understand the frustration, right? And it's like he said, no one wants to hear the last place coach complain about the refs, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, they're playing, they're playing better. They're starting to turn things around. Um, this season still lost cause from a league standpoint. But, you know, what you want to see at this point is, is some signs of life some signs that he has not lost the team. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, Vancouver's not – Vancouver's a good team. Vancouver's, you know, has, has turned things around. They're playing well now. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not really, you know, I don't know. It's a, you can't call it like an embarrassing loss because they lost to Vancouver. Vancouver's playing well now. But that, that's a little consolation to a D.C. team that, you know, they want every result. They need to turn things around. It's been a brutal, brutal year for them. So if you're Ben Olsen, you know, you, you got weeks and weeks and months and months of just pent-up frustration. 
and, and he snapped. You know, he it boiled over for him, and, and he lost it. And, and you know, he obviously went on this whole tirade. Um, and there's something to be said for that. I mean, the referees have made blown blown some pretty important calls in several games. And that, and, and after a while, you kind of look at it and say, man. What is going on? And I, you know, I had a conversation with someone this weekend, and someone said, "Well, you know, that that's how it is in, in leagues all over the world. Bad calls happen." And I agree with that, but I don't know. I just feel like in MLS, big, big calls, game-turning calls, just uh, blown calls, ha- just seem to happen more often in MLS than any other league in the world. In my opinion, I mean, I, you know, I watch, I watch my share of, of you know, we talk about the Premier League, La Liga, uh, Serie A. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it's tough, you know. It, 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 there's no getting around the fact that the officiating leaves a lot to be desired. Um, having said that, you know, it, it is, I don't know. It, it, I don't think it, just, it was a PK. Well, there you go. Well, that's the thing. It, 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 in, my, it, in my opinion, matters. That's for sure. Well, you know, I, I put it this way. It seems like there's, a, there's not a clear cut, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, if you took a poll, I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, you're going to get 90% who think it was. So, so when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, why even, why even complain about it? So, but you can understand, again, you can understand why Ben Olsen is frustrated. So, um, for me, I thought, I thought, I thought he got the ball. I thought Bill Hamid, uh, you know, got the ball. So why, so, you know, is it necessarily a PK? Watson, he does trip over him, but he, he didn't, he didn't have the ball anymore. Hamid got the, to the ball, so you kind of can understand uh, Ben Olsen's frustration. I was like the good soccer fan that you are. I know you uh, today. You and you and everyone else in America watched, including myself, watched the uh, Confederations Cup third place game and the final game. And uh, I think there are a lot of happy people out there that Brazil Brazil spanked Spain in that final game. Well, I mean, it, it is interesting how there's a little bit of a backlash. Uh, about Spain's kind of dominance of world soccer. Um, I, I, the story today is, Spain, is Brazil, right? The story, you got to give them credit. They had a great tournament. They really turned on the style and just dominated Spain. But let, 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 let's be honest, right? Spain played Italy. 120 minutes went to PKs. Did anyone honestly think Spain was going to come out in this Brazil game and have tons of energy and play a great game? I never saw that happening. I mean, they, they're still a good team. Even even you know they they have too much talent to not like have a chance. But I mean, Brazil had a day a more a day more of rest. They had an easier game. Spain clearly was gassed, and you know not to make excuses, Brazil earned that win, right? Brazil, you know, even if they did have even if Spain had the rest, maybe Brazil wins anyway. But you can't just ignore that fact. And 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 the funny thing is, a year from now, I don't think anyone outside of Spain is going to talk about that fact that you know. Spain was clearly a tired team. Uh, we could see another Brazil-Spain final year from now. Well, we could. We definitely could. Uh, but the story is, is Brazil. They looked so good. Their system was, was run, run amazingly. You've got to give Scolari, uh, Luis Felipe Scolari, all sorts of credit. You know, he comes in there. He's really set a tone, put in a system. Uh, he, he's gone with players that, you know, a few months ago, he was getting killed for for some of the, some of the preferences, some of the guys that he was choosing to go with, a lot of the names that he was leaving out. Um, and but this team is just playing great, and it just shows the qualities that he has as a manager um, to to be able to to pick the right guys to run a system and to get them to buy in. And it's impressive, man. They look like they look like the old Brazil right now, just in terms of that dynamic, uh, their their ability to just dominate. Move the ball around, and and this team, uh, w- you know, you, when you talk about old Spain, old Brazil, and and ha- and giving you that sense of you know they could be back to their dominating ways, this team is, uh, at, you know, maybe sp- from a speed and athleticism standpoint, you know, it could be one of it, one of their best teams ever. Um, you know, obviously they've had the skill throughout the decades. You go back to Pele and uh, Romario and all. They've had amazing skill, but the athleticism and the pure speed on this team, uh, it's pretty scary. Uh, and th- obviously this win's a big confidence uh, builder for them. And for Neymar, who, you know, obviously he's someone who people are, you know, people were killing. People were just, you know, oh, he's, he's overhyped. He's not that good. He's a diver. He's, he's flash. He's more style and substance. He's not going to do well in Europe, blah, blah, blah. He showed in this tournament that the, he is legit. He's legit, you know. You, you got to take him seriously. 
he is the real deal. And I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing him in that Barcelona system uh, playing with Messi and Iniesta and, and Xavi. It's spooky just how good Barcelona got, Just, I mean, just by adding him. Right. Well, yeah. But, you know, t- talking again about Brazil, I mean, uh, you, I, I got to tell you, man, I, it's a, it's less than a year away. But, man, that it, it is going to be some, some party down there in Brazil. And, obviously, the people there are not happy with a lot of the issues going on with – you know the 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 hosting of the World Cup and and, and the other problems that 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 are, they currently are in Brazil uh, from a so, you know socioeconomic standpoint and, and you know whether it's uh, healthcare and public transportation and, and all the like and, you know maybe some people in Brazil feel you know that we should be worried about things other than and hosting a, a tournament but I can tell you what it is going to be amazing in Brazil next summer. It's the same, like we said last week. It's it's a smart game with every country that's hosting a, a you know big tournament like this. Also in the third place game, um, Italy again went to PKs. Uruguay, I don't know what they were doing on their PKs. I don't know if they were really trying, but Buffon made some great saves. Italy got third place. Congratulations to them. Oh man, Buffon is a legend. I gotta say, I don't know, is is he the best goalkeeper of all time? I'd say. He's up there. He's just up there, and he, he's just. I mean, he, he, he's so. He's not. It's not just that he's so good. It's just the way he goes about it. You know, it's almost like it's he's so having a good time out there. He's having a good time, but he's. I don't know. It's so. It's such a matter of fact way. He's just like, uh, yeah, I just got to get the job done. I'm going to do it, and that's it. And he just, you know, I mean, all go. You know, goalkeepers make mistakes, right? Every doesn't matter who you are. Every goalkeeper makes mistakes, but he just. I mean, he to be as good as he's been and as consistent as he's been. For as long as he's been at that level, it's just mind-boggling. And, uh, you know, uh, it, I look forward to hopefully knock on what he's healthy. I look forward to seeing him next year uh, at the World Cup. Him and Pirlo, who, yes. you know, he's, Pirlo's one of my one of my favorite players. Uh, he just, I mean, the guy is, talk about a poker face. I mean, he just, you love watching him because he's just, he's just out there looking like he's mowing the lawn. Like he's just, like he's just watching grass grow. But meanwhile, he's playing amazing. But it's like, oh well, I got to do this. You know, it's just, just, it's just great. He just, you just love watching both those guys play. And uh, uh, one last thing, I got to say, third place games are always great games because you have, you always have two. Usually, have good teams, right? Because you have to be pretty good to get to a third place game. But there's no uh, fear of of defeat. You just because you don't care. You're you didn't you didn't get to the final. You're not winning the final. You can just play, and that's why these games are almost always entertaining. And sometimes, and a lot of times, more entertaining than the final, um, because did you get two teams who just they, they don't care? They're just going to have fun. They're going to go out and play, and 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 that's why. Anytime there's a third place game on a schedule for any event, you want to watch it. I guess we've reached the end of the show, and you know what that means? It's the SBI Q and A time. Everyone, as always, thank you for sending us your questions. Um, we record the show late, so if you're wondering why you're never around when we ask this, tweet it out. It's record the show late. That's because that's Ivis's fault. <laughs> yes, it is my fault. But uh, rest assured, this week we will. Uh, I'll look to, on check. Look out for Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. I will tweet out a and ask the ask the SBI show tweet, uh, and I'll and I'll try to collect some questions so we don't have the same. Five people asking all the questions because we always put the tweets out at one a.m. on a Sunday, and 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 clearly, it's the same. It's the same cast of characters that seems to be asking all the questions on Sunday. As a producer of the show, I, it's I, it's my responsibility. I will remind you. There you go. All right, so let's get into the Q and A. First question is from uh, M. Uh, Cardenas. His question is: Who should be some MLS transfer targets? What is wrong with my Dynamo? Who should be some MLS transfer targets? Uh, this is interesting one, uh, David Trezeguet, I think maybe someone for the Red Bulls. Uh, Pablo Aymar, uh, I don't know if he's, I think, I'm pretty sure he's available. Playmaker, quality player, I've always thought he's someone who should be in MLS. Um, Drogba is, uh, you know, what's up with that? With, 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 I, I don't know where he's going Oh, next, my God, but... did you just say that? Someone's going to pick this up now. I mean that's not a that's not news. I mean MLS wanted him last year, right? I mean before China stepped in and offered him money that they ended up not really paying him. Um, he, you know, MLS was, you know, he he's a player who I think would w- would be great in MLS. I mean, aside from the fact he's a great player and he could still score a ton of goals, he'd be dominant in MLS. 
Um, I think I think he could help the league, uh, you know, establish its, itself in another continent, in a continent where it, it may it, it you know when you talk about Africa, I mean there have been African players in MLS, but there hasn't been a star uh, player that I can think of who who could really transcend things and really put MLS on the map in another continent. I mean he can be that player. So I, I don't know which team would step up and have the bank to pull that off. Hey, you know LA Galaxy. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, that's think, what I was thinking. Well, yeah, but the thing, to be, from what I get, from what I, you know, just from what's making the rounds, it sounds like the Galaxy, I, I ideally would would like a, a Latino player, Spanish speaking player, who can kind of be cross promoted and, and kind of hit all the demographics in LA. Um, but I tell you what, Drogba would be amazing for MLS. And uh, and, and and to follow up uh, on uh, M Cardenas' uh, follow up, which is what's wrong with my Dynamo. It's it, like it's like I said earlier. Oscar Bonilla and Garcia is so key to them because he just gives so gives them so much energy. Without him at full strength, and and definitely without Brad Davis, you're just not going to have an attack. Once those guys are back, once you get Davis on the left, uh, Bonilla and Garcia on the right, uh, you are you're going to be back. They're going to be back to being one of the top teams in the East. Our next question, excuse me, comes from Jimmy Schwartz. The question is: Do you think Landon Donovan will start against Costa Rica for World Cup qualifying if he plays well in the Gold Cup? Well, you know, it's funny. I've said I've actually on the show have said that that I see, I see him in the lineup in San Jose in September. Uh, you know, I, I just, I mean, not that he's been killing it in MLS, but he, you know what? I think once he gets back, once he has this taste of the national team in the Gold Cup. And he gets that that going again. It gets that fire back. I think he's going to be there. I think he's going to have a good world, a good Gold Cup, and I think he's going to play well enough to kind of show that he should be there. And and, I, and you know, I, my, you know, it, it's it's still several months away the, the the Costa Rica game, but I do see Fabian Johnson at left back, Lennon Donovan on the left wing, Graham Zussi on the right wing. I could absolutely see that lineup against Costa Rica. Uh, next question comes from David. Uh, the question is San Jose or Colorado, who takes the five spot in the Western conference? Well, you know, it's not just uh, uh, between those teams. I mean, when you, we, it's actually the West is so wide open. Uh, obviously I think you have the big three up top, right? Uh, when you just talk about uh, first half of the season, uh, we also like FC Dallas and Portland. Uh, they've, they've done a great job of racking up the points. Now you've got Vancouver on this surge. But I'm not sold on Vancouver. I'm not. I'm still not buying them as an absolute lock playoff team in the West. I think they've definitely benefited from their schedule uh, to, to you know go on this run that they've gone on. Um, I think LA is going to be the fourth team at least. I think the top four is those three I mentioned and LA. And then you have the battle for fifth. The battle for fifth is Vancouver, Colorado, Seattle, and even San Jose. I mean, right now San Jose is three points out of fifth. So they're not even, you know, you can't even count them out. Uh, if I if I got to pick out of those teams, I mean, Seattle for me, you got to put I, Seattle's going to be in the playoffs. I'm sorry, I pick, you know, they're my pick to win the whole thing. Once they're healthy and once they're, they, they, you know, once Siggy is settled on a lineup, Siggy Schmidt is settled on a lineup that can really go on a run. I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to go do really well. So I think the five in the West: RSL, Dallas, Portland, LA, Seattle, and. Uh, no knock against Vancouver. You got you know you you got to you got to like the run that they've gone on. And Colorado, I mean, Oscar Pereja deserves tons of credit for them to to you know do as well as they've done considering all the injuries they've had. But I just think that top five in the West is it, it, just a notch above uh, those other teams. Uh, next question comes from Reed Castro, and the question is: Best advice either of you got either of you uh, when you decided to pursue a, a soccer journalism career? Oh, there you go. You could answer. You could. You could. You could we'll, we'll both answer, but I'll, I'll let you have the floor and, and, and uh, tell Reed what the best advice you ever got. Um, God, best advice. Uh, I gotta think here. Do you got anything? Well, you know, I, I think just practice. Just just keep practicing. Uh, you know, start, as far as as a writer, you know, you just want to have that opportunity to just keep keep improving, keep writing. Uh, the, the more you write, the better you get. Um, obviously, it, it helps to have good editors, help people who can kind of help shape your writing. And uh, But just, you, you just got to grind, you know, you, especially when you're younger, when you're a younger writer. I mean, the way, the, in the way, the way things are now, I mean, there's not a ton of jobs in, in, in our profession. 
so the, you want to make sure you can hone your craft. Uh, so when an, if and when an opportunity presents itself, you're ready. And uh, I, I think uh, that's the best advice I can give uh, that I've that I've gotten is that is that you know just just put in the work and and if you keep grinding, put in the work, write as much as you can. Uh, you'll be ready when an opportunity comes. I think my best advice was I got from a guy I used to work at the radio station. It was don't be afraid to stick the mic in the guy's face, and that was like. Don't be afraid to like you know chase the story, go after it. Don't hold back. Don't be timid. Take chances, you know, and and that's how I've tried to do everything since then. It's good advice the guy gave me. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that. that's why I emailed you every day for a job. I was. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Persistence is key. For anyone that's uh, interested in writing or writing for SBI, persistence is key. Email, 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 and uh, yeah. opportunity. The opportunity can be there. And be willing to work seventy hours a week because that's what it takes. <laughs> you don't need to work 70 for SBI, but uh, that's how much you work, man. If you want to be the top on. dog, yeah, I mean, I, I don't count, I don't count hours. There's no such thing as counting hours. Well, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to let everyone know how much you work. I'm just, I'm just looking out for you. I appreciate that. I think people have an idea. I think, I think people. Uh, the, my favorite, my favorite is when uh, every now and then when people uh, will will ask me on Twitter if I ever sleep. And I I do sleep, uh, but it's 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 not consistent sleep. Let's just put it that way. The question is no, you don't sleep. I know that for a fact. No, I sleep. It's just naps here and there. That, that's three hour three hour nuggets. But you know what? There's so much soccer going on. How do you ever rest? How do you ever take a break? You know, there's always something going on. Especially living where I live, where you can watch two games a weekend. You can, I can go down to Philly, and let me tell you, folks, I love Philly. I love going down to Philly. Uh, you know, the games at PPL are great. Uh, and then come right back the next day and drive up I-95 and check out the Red Bulls. Uh, you know, and, and I was thinking about this uh, today about how crazy it's going to be in two years when New York City FC comes and you're going to have three teams within a two hour, two hour driving distance. I mean, that's going to I can't wait. It's going to it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You could do a uh, like a New York, a New York weekend trip game on Saturday, game on Sunday. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, I know a lot of fans from around the country like to pencil pencil the New York road trip for their teams to you know because it's a you want to you want to see your team against New York, you can root against New York, you can check out Red Bull Arena, and you can go to New York City. Well, I'll tell you what, in in 2015, when New York City FC comes uh comes to town, I think it's a safe bet you're going to have MLS schedule things where maybe teams come and play the Red Bulls and New York. And those are going to be must, you know, that, those are going to be a must for, 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 for teams looking, uh, uh, teams fans who want to pick out road trips. and uh, uh, Appealing yeah. to the visiting fans, smart. Uh, it's just, well, you know what, from a, you know, <laughs> that's something the MLS has done through the years, um, maybe more so, you know, 10 years ago than now, but it, it just makes sense logistically. You know, if you have, if you have a team like LA or, or, or Portland or Seattle and, and you know, they, they have to take that long trip cross country. You know, why not knock it out and, you know, kill two birds with one stone and have them play two games out here? Um, well, I have a, that wraps up the show today, man. Yep, and it is super long, and I will apologize to everyone. I know we told everyone that we were going to go to three shows, then they'd be shorter, but obviously since we missed the last show last Friday, we kind of had to, you know, make up for, for that lost time and talk about some stuff that we missed. But uh, hopefully, knock on wood, we'll be back on, uh, on Wednesday with another episode and, and we can get the ball rolling. On uh, on our regular routine. Yes, I I admit I, I I will apologize. I was crazy busy everyone last week, so I I, yeah. I will I will take punishment for the slacking. <laughs> no, yeah, you know it's it's uh it's the schedules are tough, but we, you know we, we're making do. And uh, I, one question I, I will pose to to the listeners, and and you can you can answer on on the post uh, on the episode. What what episode is this? Is this forty five? Forty five. Forty five. Wow, nice. Uh, the, when when we post episode forty five, uh, feel free to let us know uh, what's you know what should we be doing about guests? Should we have guests on regular once in a while? Are we good without the guests? Because obviously there's you know players, there's coaches that we can we can you know turn to. But you know we've we've kind of hit a little routine now with no guests. Um, so I kind of miss the guest thing. I mean I don't know about you, Gary. I, yeah, I, w- I wanted to actually get a guest today. Yeah, you know, we could have our our schedules though. It's so tough, but you know what? I know I think, you were think, you were taking a nap. I woke you up from a nap. 
Well, I was out. I, I will. I will confess. I was knocked out after uh, after the Philly and New York games, and uh, and also a little partying in Philly. <clears throat> Stop it. Stop it. Hey, man. You know, when I go to Philly, I like to have a good time. And uh, I I would highly recommend going out in Philly. Philly's a great city. How come you get to say things like this on the show and I don't get to say things like this on the show? Well, I don't know if we want to talk about the the, the stuff you do. I don't know. We should keep that under wraps. But but, but yes, folks, I did need a nap this Sunday night. I was zonked out. But uh, we'll be back. We'll we'll, uh, get a guest. And uh, I think we're going to have to hit up that Gold Cup camp. Uh, in San Diego uh, and, and get someone from that camp to come on the show. All right. Well, that, everyone, uh, as always, thank you for listening to the SBI show. Ivis and I will be back again uh, on Wednesday with another show. As always, thank you. This is the SBI show. Mm-hmm.